Hello and welcome to episode 19 of North Point Plus. 19! 19. We're almost in the 20s. Wow. Almost. Rocking, man. That's like, we're getting close to half a year. I know. It's crazy. Feels like feels like we've been doing it forever and not at all. And not <laughs> at all. Any time at all. Not yeah. Um, this is our follow-up podcast. So we gather together uh, Sunday mornings. We gather together in person and online. Uh, we have our messages. And then this podcast gives us an opportunity to just follow up with one another, keep the conversation going, answer questions, and then pass the conversation over to you guys. Yeah, You can like, comment, share, keep the discussion going. Uh, it's just a cool, cool, cool way to keep the interactions going. I love it. I, I said yesterday in the message, I... Um, it. I felt like I stayed very connected to North Point in yep. the time that we were away and while I was sick, um, just watching watching the live stream and then watching the podcast. Yeah. So it was cool. Good. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Mark Adkins. To my left, finally, Rick Rubel <laughs> returns to North Point Plus. <laughs> I remember <Rick>. this studio. <laughs> I've been keeping track. You haven't been on North Point Plus all year. <laughs> oh, I no, I haven't. No. All year. I don't think. I don't think, uh, I think the last time was uh, the first week of December. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it probably was. So it really has been yeah. a long time. I was just making a all You guys have done great. Good. We yeah. don't need who, you anymore. Who needs me? <laughs> That's not true. Uh, Rick, you were gone on vacation, and you're back I now. I was. I'm assuming it was a good time. It was it was marvelous. This is the playful banter part that that, <laughs> that, that, that yes, yeah. insert banter here. <laughs> insert banter here. Yeah, we actually had a great time. Um I, I talked a little bit about the move of our oldest daughter from Joplin, Missouri to Boston, Massachusetts. It's a long move. It, um it was uh what was it? Sixteen hundred miles one way. Uh and we pulled a camper um, in the winter. That with with two kids in the in the truck with us, that was a bit of an adventure. I'm sure. Um, but it was great time with our grandkids. Yeah. Um, you know what what grandparent gets to be with their grandkids for really for more about two and a half weeks every day all the time yeah playing in the pool going in the exercise room yep. um helping them un- unpack and discover their new house love it uh it was it was great fun good really thought awesome. really good well it's good to have you back thanks it's good to be you, back uh, you came back and hit the ground running <laughs> we got back at five o'clock on saturday uh and so it was yeah Hitting the ground running. Hitting the ground running. Putting it. Yeah. So we are uh, we're continuing our series through Proverbs. Our yep. series is called Let Me Think. Um, and yesterday you continued that and we were talking about friendships. So give yeah. me the give me the 30 second high level overview of, of what yeah. we talked about. It you know, as I read through Proverbs and and we started working on the series and all of the all of the verses that were there that jumped out about how important having good friends is um, and friendship is. Yeah, it it just was really kind of remarkable to me, and so it was a very natural and easy thing to to just look and and to try and make sense of of what Solomon's perspectives were on friendship. So um, the big picture, I I talked about three three points. Principles at the beginning, and then seven uh, principles about how to f- how to be or find mm. good friends. Yeah. Um, the uh, the the big thing is to choose your friends carefully. That's yep. uh, that's uh, one of those verses from Proverbs. Your friends sense your standards. Yep. Um, and and uh, and then when you start talking about what it looks like to uh, how to choose friends, how to evaluate your friends, um, friends help you get better. 
Yeah. That's, you know, that's the, one of my favorite proverbs is the wise walk with the wise. Yep. Um, uh, and iron sharpens as iron sharpens iron, you, you make each other better. Yep. Friends don't drive uh, wedges. Mm-hmm. Friends don't, um, they don't hold on to wrongs. Good yep. friends. Um, their advice is, uh, is this sen- it gives you this sense of relief. Yep. Um, go back and watch the message. Yeah. Seven are too many things to try and remember <laughs> off the top of my head. You got most of them. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. It was a great message. I thought it was, uh, as I was listening to it, I kept thinking about how it's just, I mean, it's not funny cause it's sad, but it's just funny to, for lack of a better term, to think through Solomon writing all these things yeah. and Solomon being incapable <laughs> of following his own advice. I mean, last week, Jake talked about uh, marriage and commitment yeah. and adultery, and obviously Solomon could not follow his own advice. And it seems like with friendships, too, Solomon has this amazing wisdom right. that but 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 I think, of. you know, when you think about Solomon's life and God speaking to him and giving him the choice of whether he wanted riches or long life yeah. or what he wanted. Um, and Solomon said, make me wise. Um, I, again, I think that Proverbs are observational truth. Yep. Um, and so with the wisdom that God gave Solomon, um, Solomon didn't necessarily implement that wisdom, but right. he, had, he had the wisdom to be able to say, oh, this is what this is what the world looks like, right? And these are things that I see that are true in in people and things that make a difference. And yeah. so there's there's good stuff. I again, I said in the message, I don't want to re preach yesterday, <laughs> but at the end, I, I said as I was preparing, I really did think, oh, people are going to say, oh, what was your sermon on Sunday? Oh, it was a sermon about how to be a good friend. Friendship. <laughs> You've got a friend. Um, <laughs> Uh, winter, spring, summer, <laughs> or fall. Uh, I, it it just seemed funny, and yet it is so important for us. Right. And frankly, lots of us do friendship badly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. So we got some questions. Yeah, and the, a bunch, a bunch of questions, and the, man, they're really good ones, and I really want to dive into them. Uh, this first one came in though. This is actually. This came in in the middle of the week. So right. the cool thing about this series that we're going through is we're encouraging everyone to just read through Proverbs, a proverb a day. Yep. Um, and that just brings up lots of random questions. Yep. You'll read something and it's like, huh, it doesn't make sense. And it's not necessarily something that we're speaking on that particular Sunday. Um, so we got a question in the middle of the week yeah. talking about uh, the difference in word translations. If you're reading Proverbs, maybe you're reading in the New Living Translation and then you compare it to right. the English Standard Version or whatever it might be. And the words seem to carry different meanings. So this one came in specifically talking about the difference between prudence and discretion or good judgment and discernment. And I think that's the difference between the New Living Translation and one of the standard versions. Um, Because those seem similar, but when you take those actual English words, they're not total synonyms. So... Yes. Well, so what do you do, do with how that? How do we wrestle and with that? Some of you who are watching right now feel like you've just heard Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> wow, wow, exactly. wow, 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 So a couple of big picture principles. Yeah. One is love the question. Um, yeah. when, you, when you ask the question, if you can mention the text, that makes it a lot easier because yeah. for so many of us, we use different, um, different translations whether it's NIV or ESV or NLT yep. or King James or whatever it is. So, so that's a really, that helps us a lot if you can do that in the future. And really, 
Love that question. So as you're reading today, Proverbs 17, if something comes up, send that question in and just say, oh, in 17.4, it says this. Don't yeah. understand it. Um, that That's a cool thing, and we would love to use this to help do that. Yep. Second thing is, I, I, I said before we started, this is going to be, uh, I'm not going to just give you a fish. I'm going to teach you how to fish. Yeah. So, so it's a great question. How do you know? Um, one of the tools that I use is um, the Blue Letter Bible app, yep. um, BLB. You can find it, find it, download it for free. When you do that, when I bring up Proverbs 5, 2, it says this, and it, it, it just came up in KJ, in the King James Version on mine. But when I press on verse 2, uh, somewhere in there, <laughs> um, I'm locked up. Oh, no. Anyway, when I press on verse 2, it gives me some options. Yeah. One of the options that, that comes up at that point is interlinear. I, I um, press on that, and that goes through, and it will take you to that particular verse word by word or, um, in some cases, phrase by phrase, yep. and it will give you the original language, Hebrew in the Old Testament, Greek or Aramaic in the New Testament, and and it will give the specific meaning of the word, how it's translated in different places, um, and then that will help you make some sense of how you understand the verse. The answer to this question that's kind of interesting is that the New Living Translation actually translates different differently than the New American Standard Version. So mm -hmm. the New American Standard Version, I think, is the most... Um, literal translation yep. of, of the Scripture. So it's going to go word by word um, and say, this is what this word means. It's going to flesh that out. A lot of times, uh, and yesterday, I used the Amplified version right. because the Amplified sometimes will give multiple words to communicate right. um, the, the word from the original language. Um, so the New American is going to give a very literal word-for-word -word translation. The NLT, the New Living Translation, is going to try and uh, translate the thought right. and the whole phrase right. rather than the individual words. So, uh, so when it talks about the difference between prudence and discernment, it's not just the difference of that word; it's the thought of the phrase right. versus the 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 translation of the specific word. Mm -hmm. So, there's not really a, a simple answer to that, except right. to say it's a, it's a different perspective in terms of how the translation is the translating work is done. Right. And then if I take a step back and say, so for you, when you're learning how to fish, right. um, uh, the, one of the things that you can do is use a tool like that, a, a tool like Strong's Concordance, yep. um, and look up the word and say, oh, that's how that makes sense. I think I understand the word better and, and, and the right. meaning of the verse better this way. Yep. Yeah, and I think the the other thing too is I was I was reading through it because I th I think we pinned it down that it was Proverbs five two was, yeah. was where the person had the question on, um, and the cool thing too in addition to the Blue Letter Bible, which is a great resource, is that typically within your Bible you have these really small letters or numbers next to the words that are cross references that if will you have a study you, Bible if you have a study Bible right um, it can point you to where maybe that word is mentioned in another place in a similar context to try to help flesh it out right. Um, so right there in Proverbs 5.2, it will point you back to Proverbs 1.4, where it kind of offers a little more explanation of, okay, well, what would this mean by 
discernment or discretion or right. prudence. Um, and it goes back to Solomon's point for writing the book, which is to give you knowledge, prudence, discernment, all that. So Understanding, yeah. Yeah. So there's some really, really great resources out there. Um, Blue Letter Bible is a great one. That's yep. a top-notch resource. Great question. All right. Let's talk about friendship. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, like we said, we got a lot of questions that came in. Um, and just yeah just really really good stuff to to think through and wrestle with cuz it that's what's what's great about the bible is it's so practical yeah <laughs> There's so many good practical takeaways it walks right where we live um and so a lot of these questions that came in were basically realizations of man practically this really hits home Maybe there's a change or an evaluation that has to happen in my life. Right. So one of the questions that came in, and I'm kind of some some of you guys submitted questions that were very similar. So I've just kind of grouped them together. Together. Yep. So if you don't hear your question, we're not ignoring it. I'm just lumping them together with similar. We're questions. trying to translate the question. <laughs> yes, I'm being the New Living <laughs> Translation of questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So here's the first question: What do you do if you have already picked bad friends? Um, it feels good to just drop a friendship. Um, and then uh, someone asked a similar D- question. It does feel good to just, or it doesn't. It feels wrong. It feels wrong, it feels to, wrong drop. to drop a friendship. Yeah. Um, and then someone else asked something similar. I think I realized my cr- close friends are not good for my relationship with Jesus. How do I end those friendships? So, yeah, I mean, hearing a friendship on what it looks like, how to evaluate a good friend, and you start to look at the people that have the most influence in your life, yep. and you start to think, Maybe they aren't the best influence. So do you end those relationships? Do you just sever all ties? You don't return any more text messages? <laughs> you untag yourself in all the photos? <laughs> you know what's really, what's really interesting is we somehow think that when we have a good friend, mm. that they're going to have that same place in our life for the rest of our lives. Yes, we idealize that and yep. think, oh, that's that should be the norm. Yep. Um, and, and if I can say this, for people who have lived in the same area, mm. um, you know, in the same neighborhood, in the same city, whatever, all their yep. life, that really is kind of the standard that's in their mind. Right. For somebody like me that has lived in seven different places, right. um, you realize that friendships oftentimes are for a season mm-hmm. um, and that we go through different seasons of life and that that um, good friends, um, best friends, they endure through many seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes God bring, brings people into your life um, for a specific purpo- purpose at a specific time, right. and then they kind of move on. I say that as a foundation to say, as you're growing as a follower of Jesus— if you realize that that this person is um, is drawing you away from Jesus, yeah. and Jesus is the most important relationship in your life, you've got to pursue Jesus. And what's going to happen naturally is that friendship is is going to kind of just um, lessen in terms right. of its importance in your life, and that's okay. That yeah. that um, the other person may not think that that's okay, right? But it gives you an incredible opportunity to say. Hey, here's the deal. Um, you know what? I've given Jesus control of my life, and I can't keep living. I can't keep doing the things that we've done in the past. Right. 
and I still love you. I still want you to be a part of my life, but you got to understand that I'm not going to continue to X, Y, Z, you know, whether that's addictive behavior, whether that's just foolish behavior, whether that's whatever, um, hurtful behavior. Um, that's not what I'm going to do. And oftentimes what will, uh, I think what often happens is people go one of two directions. They either at that point in time say, you know what? I don't want to live that way either. Mm. Can you, can you help me be the kind of person that you're talking about that Jesus wants you to be? That's, that's a, that's a huge win. Or they may say, I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> um, and 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 they will selectively choose to unfriend you, um, and that that can be painful, particularly if somebody has had a prominent role in your life for a long right. period of time. But it's okay to let that go, right. and to and to allow their lessening influence allow you to have a greater, deeper relationship with Jesus. Right. Yeah. And when it comes to, I mean, the 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 brass tacks of it of, you know, do I need to end this friendship? Do I sever this friendship? Like, how do you, how do you walk through that? How do you take those steps? I think, yeah, pursuing the organic steps of, you know, I'm going to walk closer to Jesus. That means right. my church family is a really big priority. My life group is a really big priority. That's going to take up more time. That's going to be prioritized where it means less time. So much of our friendships, especially in America, are focused on the things that we do. We go to sports right. games. We go to movies. We, we hang out. We do these things. And so it might mean doing less of whatever those things are that you feel are pulling you away from Jesus. And that might lead to a natural, like you said, like this natural lessening of of the the influence that that friend has. And there might come a point where you have to have a very frank conversation and say like, look, the, even just the conversations that we have feel like they're pulling me away from Jesus. Can we shift our conversations toward these things? And your friend might say, no. (laughs) Right. And that's, or, that's yeah. on them. And they might say, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, we can talk about whatever you want. And, and, but that allows you to have that progressive walk toward Jesus away from the things that you feel are pulling you away from Jesus. Yeah, I, I think that there is, um, I, well, I think that we have a question later that says, can I only have Christians right. Right. as my best friend? Right. And, and I want to be real clear to say, I don't think that that's the case. I, right. I, I think that you can have a best friend that's not necessarily a follower of Jesus, but that knows you and loves you and respects your decision to follow Jesus uh, in, in a real healthy way, and that you can respect where they are. You can be praying for them. You can include them in all kinds of stuff. They're not a project. They're your friend. Right. Uh, they're not a project to, to win to Jesus, but you want them to know Jesus because you know the difference that Jesus is making in your life. Right. But I don't think that you necessarily have to just sever the tie because um, because otherwise would not have any contact with anybody who didn't already know Jesus. And right. and I think, I, s- frankly, I've had some really, really good friends, yeah. um, deep friendships of people who were far from Jesus, but they knew who I was. They knew yeah. uh, what where how I lived. What I valued, they didn't. Um, they might give me a hard time about it, but sure. the, but um, they still loved me for me, and um, and as a result of that, hopefully they were able to see up close and personal what it looked like to follow Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's great. All right, this next question um, kind of kind of goes along a, a similar line. Uh, how do you guard against becoming isolated uh, from people who we may not agree with, or they may not be model friends? 
Um, so I think, yeah, that kind of speaks to in this process of evaluating friends, how do you protect your relationship with Jesus, protect your pursuit of Jesus, while at the same time not isolating people that we don't agree with or that we don't think are model friends or good influences or whatever that might be. Um, how do we, how do you balance both? How do you carry both priorities? I, I think when you recognize that Jesus is the most important thing in your life, he's yeah. the most important person, um, he shapes your values, all those things, and you pursue him, hmm. um, that, that, that defines kind of who the relationships, uh, what relationships you have and, and how they look. They don't all have to necessarily follow Jesus, mm-hmm. but they're, they're, they're going to have a similar kind of perspective. Um, it's a legitimate question to say, why do politicians all have politicians for their close friends? Yeah. Why do athletes all have athletes for their best friends? Yeah. Because they're spending the time doing the same stuff, pursuing the same goals, doing all those right. things together, and and it just naturally falls that in that um, in that cycle of life, as they walk through life, they're going to find people that that have similar interests, similar goals, similar purposes, and they're going to live that out together. Yeah, that's great. All right, um, this this question uh, looks at friendship from the from the other side. So, in, in these first few questions, we're talking about okay, I recognize that I have. Uh, friends that might be leading me away from Jesus? How do I manage those relationships? What about when you've been the bad friend? When you come to the realization that I have been the bad influence, how do you come back from that? Um, And what do you, what do you recommend, especially as a believer, as a Christian, how do you either take steps to repair (laughs) the, the bad friendship that you have committed um, or, or learn to be the better friend? Um, It's, it's a pretty. Um, I'd say it's simple, but it's not simple. Right. It's it's the it's not easy. Yeah. How, simple, how about that? Easy. Yeah. Um, I think the easy the the best path is to just simply repent, to recognize that, to own it, and to and to say to someone, "I've not been a very good friend." Yeah. I'm really sorry that I've gossiped. I'm really sorry that that I have a allowed myself to drive wedges yep. in your life. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry that I have not wanted the best for you. Yeah. Will you forgive me for that? Um, that puts it in the, on the plate of the other person right. to say, right. you know what? I can't, I can't forgive you for what you've done. And, um, and you can't do anything about that except ask for their forgiveness. Right. Um, I think when you have that conversation it changes the dynamic, and it allows you to to really put into uh, into words what you value. Yep. Um, yep. I uh, story time with with Uncle Rick <laughs> for a second. A number of years ago, I married a couple, and um, and they were they were followers of Jesus, and they were living together. And in the midst of the of the premarital counseling, we were talking about stuff, and I and I said. To them, they were talking about problems that they had with their daughter, who was fourteen, mm-hmm. who was living a real promiscuous life. And I said, "It's no surprise. Mm-hmm. You guys are sleeping together. Uh, why would she think any different?" Right. And, and they said, "What do we do?" And I said, I, "Here's what I think you need to do. I think you need to 
to um, stop stop living together. Yep. And you need to have a conversation with your 14-year-old daughter and say, we are really, really sorry because we have not lived out what we truly believe and value in our heart. We're not, we're going to, um, he was going to live here. She was going to live there for the next several months until they got married. And, um, and, uh, and, and they had that hard conversation. I remember the mom saying, really, you're asking me to ask my 14 year old for forgiveness. And I said, yeah, <laughs> cause that's what you need to do. You've been a yeah. bad model. And, um, and you would think that they would have reacted horribly, but um, it was really, really interesting because th- they both said, you're right. Mm. And the conversation changed the relationship they had with the 14-year-old. Yeah. It, it changed the game completely because they owned their past mistakes yep. and it allowed them to move forward yeah. in, a, in a way that was much more healthy and much more biblical. And so yeah. I, I think the same, same thing's true. If you've been a bad friend... You've got to own that. Right. Have a conversation about it. Don't just change. I mean, change, but but don't just change. You need to talk about it and to, and to ask for forgiveness yeah. if if you've caused pain. Yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing that that so often we just miss um, because again, it, talking in the context of uh, American friendships, we don't like being vulnerable, right? <laughs> and so we don't like coming down to brass tacks and saying like, "Hey, I was." I was just wrong. Like it yeah. was wrong of me to do that. It was sinful of me to do that. Whatever, whatever yeah. the situation may be, um, that hurts us to do that, um, and it it just brings up a lot. But man, when you can take that step and admit wrong and ask for forgiveness and seek to be a better friend, you will have a stronger friendship on the other side of right. that than if you just avoid that conflict, that conversation, however you want to put it. Um, and the friendship can either fizzle or die or just kind of stay as yeah. it is. But man, if you're able to go through that uncomfortable process of asking for forgiveness, of repenting, and also changing the action or behavior, right. you will have a better friendship with that person and you'll have better relationships in other areas as well. Yeah. Um, because you're able to take that step and acknowledge what you did. Yeah. And, and, and even whatever the specific issue is, to ask for your friend's help in that. To, like right. if, if right. you say, man, I, I've i been a gossip and I've gossiped about you. Right. Would you forgive me for that? Yep. And would you raise the red flag if you right. hear me in any environment? Yeah. If it's just the two of us, if it's in a group, if you hear me start to gossip, if, if you just say, <laughs> is that really where you want to go? Um, that, again, that, that level of vulnerability and trust in trusting that friend, uh, is really, really significant. Yeah. That's great. All right. This next question, um, again, we've kind of touched on, but it'll, it'll be good to directly address. Can you be a good friend without being a close friend? Um, and we got we got a few questions uh, around that. Uh, you know, can you can you be that Proverbs friend that kind of talks through those seven attributes that we talked yeah. about, making friends better or friends make each other better, uh, don't hold grudges, um, and the other five <laughs> that escape me in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, or are there boundaries that need to be put in place? Can we be a good influence for the friend who doesn't make the best decisions? What does that relationship look like since we're not supposed to be best friends with people that are bad influences on us? <laughs> so how do you how do you be that good friend. Like, does it necessitate that you have to be 
uber, uber close with that person in order to be the good friend that Proverbs talks about. I, I think uh, for me, as I've been reading through Proverbs and just listening, you know, seeing in print, listening, whatever, to the wisdom of God that came through Solomon. Yeah. Um, the reality is I need to be a good friend regardless of whether that friendship is reciprocated yeah. or not. Yep. I, I, when I do that, when I live that out, I model what it looks like to be God in flesh. Yep. And, and so I don't necessarily have to be best friends with somebody to be a good friend. Right. And I do want to be a good friend. Um, the, but the level of good friendshipness um, <laughs> that's there, uh, at some level, that's dependent upon... Um, on how much the other person wants. Right. And so I can be a good friend, but if the other person doesn't want to be a deep, uh, to have a deep friendship, right. I'll just, uh, I'll take what I can get, have that relationship, be happy with that. There, uh, Like I said, we've lived in seven places. I've served in, I don't know, seven churches, six churches, whatever that is. And I've got good friends in each of those churches. Um, the, uh, but, it, it not every day all the time do we maintain contact there are a few uh, just a really small number of people yep. now that i know i can call at any point in time that i will drive a couple hundred miles to go see yep um because there that friendship has a different level of depth for me yeah um there's there's a right now a really good friend in florida Really good friend in Cincinnati. Really, really good friend in Virginia. Yeah. Um. And and they have all been friends for lots of years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think through you know when we're evaluating you know what, what level of closeness is too close because of the influence they have. But I want to have a good influence. I, I just think. I mean, at the end of your message, you concluded that the best friend you can have is Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus is the best model of what it looks like to be the right. good friend, best friend. And so clearly throughout scripture you're, we are told the story that jesus is a good friend even when we don't want him to be <laughs> right when we want nothing right. to do with jesus he's still a good friend so there is still that level of influence that we should desire to have in someone's life obviously not the point of where it's dangerous or there's yeah whatever the circumstances may be but, but yeah but jesus jesus was a good friend to peter james and john yes he also was a good friend to Thomas and Bartholomew right. and, uh, um, and, and Judas. To Judas, he, right. He was a good friend to all of them. He was a good friend to Joseph of Arimathea right. and, and to the Marys and, and Martha and, and Lazarus. Right. There was a different level of depth to his friendship with Peter, James, and John. Right. Than, than, and probably with John more than anyone. Yep. Um, and so that's okay. Right. That's okay. Right. <laughs> if Jesus can do it, so can we. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's your excuse. Yep. <laughs> um, this is a great this is a great question because I'm sure as we were talking through when when you're listening to a message on friendship, old memories come to mind yeah. and old friendships come to mind. And so this question is really simple. Again, is it easy? Probably not. Is it worth trying to make amends with an old friend? So maybe maybe this is someone that you had a falling out, whatever, in college. Right. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, maybe it's just five years ago, but you have that friendship where you were really close and something happened. Is it worth, when we're in this season now, is it worth going back and making amends with an old friend? 
I think that the answer to that is driven by whether you sense the Holy Spirit prompting you to do that. I, I think if there's a broken relationship in your past and the Holy Spirit brings it to mind, he's probably bringing it to mind for you to make reparations. Right. Um, that doesn't mean that they'll become your best friend ever again. Right. Um, but it does mean, it, it, again, it gives you an incredible opportunity to live out yep. what you value and to, and to go back and say, you know, in college, I did something really, really stupid and yep. hurtful. Yep. And I just want you to know, I'm really sorry about that. I hope that that you were able to forgive me. If you haven't, I hope that you can forgive me now. Yeah. I'm really, really sorry. Yeah. Um I, I think that that's a good path. I think for for me, just in, in real practical terms, what I just described is a part of my life. I, f- I feel like if if there's a person that comes to mind that it's like, man, where'd that come from? <laughs> um, over, yeah. for, for whatever reason, my, in my gut, I trust that that's the Holy Spirit. And so yeah. in some cases, that means I'm going to write him a note. If, if it was the kind of thing where there was a broken relationship, um, I would trust that that was the kind of thing that I needed to reach out and try and make that right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just thinking through too, I mean, this is, this is my example, my own personal story. I had a super close friend in college and right before we graduated we had this massive falling out we were going to be in each other's weddings oh my be like best men and then just like life dumb dumb college kid drama where you think you know everything and you think you're right um and were you right of course (laughs) (laughs) you haven't really repented mark (laughs) yeah uh no we were both dumb and that was the thing like you just carry that burden with you for years right Uh, and we finally got to the point where you know we were just like hey like why haven't we really like talked about this like our wives or our spouses were really good friends and you know we just had that conversation and fine like just didn't even having the conversation where you can both say like hey that was really stupid like we just yeah. did dumb things and i like i can own up to my dumb stuff you can own up to your dumb stuff and then you just feel that burden just like yeah <sighs> lifted like it's not something you have to think about at night anymore it's not something you have to like tiptoe around in conversation with other friends it's just really nice to have that old burden be taken care of right um so is it worth making amends with an old friend? I mean, it, I guess that can be specific to the different scenarios, but yeah, that's where you would trust the leading of the Holy Spirit, and he's not going to bring stuff up just for the sake of like, here's a fun memory, <laughs> time yeah. to move on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's going to prompt you with that. And if that's, right. some, that's the promptings of the Holy Spirit are always worth pursuing. Right. Absolutely. So. All right. Uh, we're getting close. We're getting close to wrapping up. Um, this uh these two questions came in, uh, and you had touched on this earlier. Should should followers of Jesus only have Christians as their best friend? Um, if that's the case, how do we share Jesus? How do we share what Jesus has done in our life if we're only if we're only pursuing the friends that have qualities listed, like we have in the message? Yeah, I I, I do think that um, when you're authentically you. Boy, that sounds very psychological, doesn't it? <laughs> when when you're living out what you believe in your core, yeah, um, you're going to connect with people who also have that same kind of um, pull yep. in them. They may not be where you are, but but they want the same things. Yeah, and um and and so 
being able to just be real honest and open and transparent about who you are, what you think, why you do the things you do. Um, if you connect with somebody who's not a follower of Jesus, yeah. and they're not pulling you away from Jesus, but honoring uh, your deepest desires in that, um, man, that's that's a relationship that's worth pursuing because God's at work in that. Again, if I go story time, um, what one of my other really really good friends, uh, good friend um, that's in Maryland, um, they were our neighbors, hmm. and. Um, and he was a tool guy. He was an auto repairman. The um, best friend you can have. <laughs> um, at, well, he had a tool for everything, which that was so the best friend you can yeah. have. <laughs> he was he was great. Um, he was a NASCAR fan. He was a hunter, um, and um, and he could have cared less. He couldn't have cared less about any sports. Yeah. We were about as opposite <laughs> as we could be. Yeah. But he became a really, really good friend. And yeah. while I never became a NASCAR fan, um, yep. our, our friendship just kept going deeper and deeper. Yep. Because all those other things, they're things that you do with people, but they're, they are secondary to the things that are most important in terms right. of uh, how you view your family and your your wife and your kids and um, how you understand who and not just understand who God is but how you relate to God yeah. and and his role in your life and and we became friends um, through mm-hmm. me learning about NASCAR and <laughs> hunting and yeah. those kinds of things um, and ultimately he became he became a follower of Jesus that that uh, it was just really cool but that happened that really happened there was a big turning point in a snowstorm where we couldn't go to church mm. and we invited everybody in the neighborhood over to our house to eat a meal and we had taken all their kids to vacation bible school back mm. when we were doing that yeah. and we sat around and sang vacation bible school songs <laughs> um and the and the parents knew the songs cuz their kids yep. had sung them um but it really was in that snowstorm that 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 um our friendship went to a completely different level yeah but the foundation was there cuz we cared about each other and we cared about the the same kind of things yeah yeah and i think you touched on a point of you know a lot of friendships tend we tend to think the best of friendships are focused around we both enjoy the same things. We right. both do the same things. We both like Broadway, so we must be best right. friends. We both like sports, so we must be best friends, whatever it might be. Um, and really, like when you get down to it, when you evaluate your life and the friendships you have, your your best friendships probably come down to what you value, not necessarily right. what you do. And so is it exclusive that Christians should only have best friends as Christians? No, we're not trying right. to legalize that and say that. And it t- would probably tend to be that what you pursue is what the values that you surround yourself with. And so it, 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 trying to discuss the nuance of I don't I don't like when we have conversations about like, well, we disagree on that. We probably shouldn't be as close of friends. It's like, well, not in my life. In my life, if you look at my, my list of best friends that I've surrounded myself with yeah. are people that I probably disagree and argue with most because yeah. those are the people that can challenge me and hold me accountable and offer a different worldview um, and offer a different perspective and can, but they're also people that I trust to speak into and have influence in my life. Right. And that I think is the, the key is, okay, if you're a follower of Jesus, that best friend has influence on your life. And as, like you said, as long as they're not pulling you from Jesus, that's that key value factor. Um, 
where if I'm going to, if I'm going to give someone influence over my life, I want them to push me towards Jesus and that God can do that through people that aren't followers of Jesus. You see that many times throughout scripture, um, that God, I always use the phrase that God draws straight lines with crooked sticks. I think you said that last week. I'm going to say it all the time. It's going to be my, my catchphrase. That's going to be the next t-shirt. <laughs> I'm trying to get it started. How many? <laughs> yeah, double the comments. Double the comments. That's right. Um, but yeah, just thinking through, again, the it's really important. That's why Solomon talks about it so much, about the importance of having a good friend. Um, but throughout that, Solomon doesn't say the good friend is exclusively the God worshiper. Right. It's just it, it ha- the good friend, the best friend has these characteristics of and, and by by following those characteristics, those things do point you back to Jesus. Right. Which is why those are the things that Solomon emphasizes. Yeah, it's it's funny because I'm, I'm connecting some dots as you're talking, because one of the things that we haven't talked about that's mm-hmm. that's a component in friendship is shared experience. Yeah. Um, and and I think it's not just shared experience. But when we're living out our faith yep. in the midst of a shared experience, all of a sudden the ability for that to go deep in, into somebody's person mm. um, is significant. So uh, there are a number of times that, that people have said, man, you are such a valuable friend to me. And I've, I thought, <laughs> where'd that come from? Yeah. Well, it came from being able to speak truth in, in a difficult time, in a time of crisis, or or going through some things together with them, and just walking with them, and so I think my challenge in the in in the, this big picture, in, in terms of saying how do you be a good friend, yeah. live out your faith in Jesus, and do what the you know follow the lead of the Holy Spirit, and when you do that, yep. um, God's going to do something incredible, and that may be in the lives of other Christians, it may be in the in the lives of people who seem to be far from from Jesus at this point in time, yep. but um, but God's going to use that because you're you're living out your faith. You're yep. be, you're being the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And, it, it, and to to keep harping on this point, I mean, everything in our culture, especially in American culture, likes it to be very clean and black and white. Right. When it comes to friendships, and so if our friendship has a disagreement. That's where the friendship ends. Right. We disagree on politics. We can no longer be friends. We disagree on theology. We can no longer be friends. I mean, insert a disagreement, and American culture says it's just easier to cut it off. Find your own tribe. Align with them. Right. It's going to be easier. Um, and that's just not what we see in Scripture. That's right. not the friendship-building advice that Solomon gives yeah. um, in the Proverbs. And so as much as we can to internalize that, to avoid Whenever there's a disagreement, the world's going to say, it's just better to end it. Just right. don't text them back, unfriend them, whatever, move on. And that's, man, that's where, that's where, again, if we're looking at Jesus as the model of friendship, Jesus digs in, especially where there is disagreement, especially where there is animosity towards him. Right. Um, anyway, I'll stop harping on it. One hey. last question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One more. Oh. How do you find a best friend? And is a best friend a friend for life, which you had kind of talked about. Yeah, there are seasons. I think I think there are seasons. I, how do you find a best friend? Yeah, I think that you pursue Jesus, um, not pursue a best friend. Yes. When when you pursue Jesus, when you're living out what God has called you to do, 
you'll find people that come in your life mm. that are drawn to you as a result of that. Yep. And, um, and that, that you then are drawn to as well. Um, yep. so are there, are there best friends who cheer for the university of Michigan? Probably not. <laughs> I was going to say it's very possible. There may uh, be one. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, though. You're, you're, you're a me. UM fan. Um, are, are there, are you, can you have a best friend that, uh, you know, that's a re- Republican, a Democrat, whatever? Um, uh, can you have a best friend that has a different view on masks or vaccines? Or, absolutely. How do you find that person? You be Jesus. You, you, you live out your faith on a daily basis and and I think that it's absolutely an okay thing to to pray and say, God, um, send me a good friend, yeah. um, and and then watch him answer that prayer. That's yep. that uh, I again I talked about this in the message um, yesterday. It's one of the things that we're praying for our grandkids. Yeah, that they would find good friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the if we're getting down to really really practical advice, like steps that you can take, one of the best pieces of advice that Julie and I got. We got married right after we graduated and we knew we were moving to Wisconsin. We knew we didn't want to live in Wisconsin for a very long time. We thought, okay, we're only going to be there maybe two years. We ended up being there almost five. We're only going to be there maybe two years. And the best piece of advice we got was don't wait to connect with people. Yeah. Just because you think you're only going to be there two years, you might think, well, we don't want to establish all these friendships that we're just going to sever in two years because we're moving back to Michigan or whatever it might be. Um, Man, that was such good advice because we have some amazing friends that we are still in touch with in Wisconsin. And for us, I mean, yep. we're similar where we've moved eight times in eight years. Right. And so you can always fall into that trap of, well, we're going to move in a few years or whatever it might be. You know, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to plant down, put down roots and feel the pain of pulling those roots up. No, <laughs> get connected. And even if that means you have to have a painful goodbye with a friend, at least yeah. you get to have a painful goodbye right. with a good friend. Um, so get connected, get involved, serve, do life groups, do whatever, um, and be Jesus in those environments. Yeah. And that's how you form connections. Um, this was started in the message yesterday. It didn't make it in. <laughs> um, but I, if you're still watching, if you're still watching, listen, he, hear this, it'll probably be in another message later. Um, last Sunday, we went to church in New Hampshire, hmm. um, and the weather was bad, but we went to church in New Hampshire. No one spoke to Deb or me hmm. from the time we walked in the building until the time we walked out. And it it that it was it made me painfully aware, um, but the, I guess the reality is I didn't speak to anybody either. Sure, there are people I know who come to North Point who are looking for someone, mm. and um, and one of the best things that we can do is is just be aware. I, I'm I'm thinking right now in the context of Sunday morning the the worship experience, yep. but just being aware of people who come in who are kind of unsure about what's going on. Yeah. The people who sit by themselves all the time, um, people maybe who sit in your general area that you've never talked to, uh, they may just be waiting for somebody to say, hey, you want to go to lunch today? Mm-hmm. Or um, I don't think that we've ever introduced ourselves. And all of a sudden, God is in that and opens up a door for you. Yep. Um, 
again, that's not limited to church experience. The, uh, I think the same thing is true. Man, you see somebody in Meyer, you see somebody at the other kind of stores that you're always at that yep. you just think they they look like somebody I could connect with, and you yep. start a conversation. Yep. Yeah, that's great. That's it. That's the good. questions that we. Sorry. Have. Yeah. So no, it's good to be back. Good to be back in the room. <laughs> awesome. In the room where it happens. Oh, the room where our it happens. Broadway love. <laughs> it's coming. All the Hamilton it's fans coming are coming in March. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I don't know if we're gonna go. We've seen it. We already have our tickets. We've seen it twice. Maybe we'll go again. This this will be our my third time. Okay. Well, yeah. then we'll have to go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks so much for going through, taking yep. time to go through questions. Uh, thank you for submitting questions, uh, for sticking with us in the video, uh, for watching the podcast. Thanks for liking, sharing, commenting, doing all the social media stuff. Uh, it's always a blast continuing the conversation with you guys. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep uh, plowing through Proverbs, and we yep. will see you guys next week. All righty. All righty.